Good morning, Angela. <laughs> Good morning. Take two. <laughs> we, we tried this once already this That's morning. Right. <laughs> Why are we going to get too far into the session before we realized that was not recording? So, here we go. Last week we talked about gut psychology syndrome. We talked about how digestive issues can affect the brain, how the brain can affect digestive issues, um, which there's a whole... We had a, a Facebook Live on mood, food, and all the things taking care of yourself. Um, we're continuing our series on digestive health and, and gut health. And today I want to talk about one of the biggest tools that we use in the office uh, to assess and help address underlying issues that people are facing, which is food sensitivity testing. And one of the first and biggest questions that I think we get in the office, but also, as, as I've dug into some of this stuff is, you know, people talk about food allergies, they talk about food sensitivities, are they the same thing, what's the difference, mm -hmm. you know, let, let's start at, you know, real super high level, what mm -hmm. is the difference, what is a food sensitivity, and then let's drill down into, you know, a little bit deeper from see where that takes us. Okay. So... A food allergy, there are differences. So a food allergy is going to be a histamic response of a homocysteine overload in the body, which is going to cause an allergic reaction and it is going to cause the body to go into anaphylactic shock or, you know, break out in severe hives or, you know, um, all sorts of sensations that we may get in the body. A food intolerance and a food insensitivity is a little bit um more incognito, if you will. It's not something that we may have awareness to until the body actually gets quiet enough to, listen, to lean in and to listen to those things. Gotcha. So food allergy, I'm sitting at the nut table at school no. because I don't want to have to use an EpiPen. Um, food sensitivity is going to be, it's affecting me on a level that may be causing inflammation. Mm -hmm. um, maybe some other digestive issues, mm -hmm. but it, it it's not something I'm necessarily going to die from today. Exactly. I'm not going to go into shock. I'm not going right. to have this huge reaction. So it's more of an acute versus chronic, right? Mm. So your food allergy is definitely an acute response. Your food intolerance and sensitivities um, kind of are more chronic underlying issues. And I can go into those too. No, that's fine. Um, I think, it, and then the way we test for those is completely different. That's so right. um, when we look at food allergy testing, because your immune response is completely different. Completely. Yes. completely. Yeah. So food allergy testing is IgA, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, that's going to be your acute response. That's right. What we test for with food sensitivities, so first of all, we use a fingerprint test. That's right. We use a, a company that um, we take five little circles full of blood and prick your finger. Uh, we send that to the lab. They run that lab through and look for an IgG response. That's right. To how certain, how your blood responds to certain chemical reactions. That's right. And related even, to different foods. That's right. So your body, so an IgG is going to detect an 
autoimmune antibody reaction. So what we're going to do is we're actually going to pick up on autoimmune antibodies that your body has actually developed against a food, which is completely, it gives you a completely different picture at that point. We're not just any longer looking for inflammatory markers, but we're actually looking for the upregulation of autoimmunity in the body. Got it. Um, and something that I've noticed and it'd be interesting to get your take because you do, you're dealing with people a lot more than I am on food, on the food sensitivity test, but, um, I certainly have some experience with it. And what's interesting is sometimes the foods that we see show up on the intolerance test are foods that they, we eat every day mm -hmm. because we're eating them too often. We're not rotating food enough. Mm -hmm. Other times it's foods that we never eat and that's probably more of a true reaction that um, you may always have or it's a reaction because you have so much inflammation and leaky gut and mm -hmm. you, you know your immune system is ramped up mm -hmm. and so it's um, overreacting. Mm -hmm. I'd love to address that too um, when you're talking about not having um, a lot of variety in your meal strategy and wondering why sometimes if I'm eating eggs every day, you know, eggs are going to pop up and, and that's a common question. Well, it's just, is this just because I am eating this every day? And the simple answer is yes, but if you really want to dive into it, this is what is going on. You have thousands and thousands of dormant enzymes living in your digestive system that can go on um, unexercised for lack of better words. So every plant family, every fruit family, every animal family, every family actually requires a different set of enzymes as they become recruited into the system. So um, adding, um, so if I'm eating eggs every day, I'm utilizing these enzymes and these enzymes only, and they kind of get tired and burnt out after a while also. Mm -hmm. So the importance of rotating your food um, is really important because we exercise different enzymes. We let these guys kind of take a break and um, you actually have a better functioning digestive system that way. Interesting. So the rainbow, right? Yes. Uh, eat the rainbow. <laughs> it's important. Multi, multiple colors, not just yellows and browns. Yes. And people are always asking me, what does a rotation look like? What does that look like? Well, it looks like that I am swapping out my families um, regularly. So if I were to go home tonight and have chicken breasts and broccoli and strawberries and, you know, an arugula salad with some Parmesan cheese on it, and some pistachios mixed in there, then um, I, I may actually take that to work the next day and eat that. But that next evening, I'm going to actually change everything out. I'm not just going to eat chicken over and over again. Maybe I'll do some grass-fed sirloin and um, some pureed cauliflower and um, something else, something completely different, just so I'm getting a little bit more variety. Which... I think plays into um, food sensitivities as, as again as we talk about like we're looking at those That's and right. 40, things show up for forty eight hours seventy two seventy two hours mm -hmm. okay so um, so now that we've talked mm -hmm. about um, you know the immune system response to that mm -hmm. um, what because I've heard this a lot 
and a lot of times when people, by the time they're coming to see you, they're kind of frustrated because they've been everywhere else. They've tried every mm-hmm. diet. They've done kind of everything else. Mm-hmm. And this is like, let's get to, so let me ask you, mm-hmm. what are the top reasons why you are doing food sensitivity testing with people? Okay. Um, ready? Any, any auto, autoimmunity, right, from um, fibromyalgia to rheumatoid, like if somebody comes in and they're in chronic pain or they're experiencing a lot of joint pain, there's there's that piece of it. Also... Um, that's like a definite, right? That, that's like, a definite. Like, that's a, like if we're looking at like a hierarchy, yes. autoimmune issues, chronic fatigue. That's right. Um, what, what else did you say? I said um, RA. RA, mm-hmm. you know, those, those types of, those are for sure. We, you know, we want to start there. Let's figure out what's causing these autoimmune issues. Your immune system is way overreactive. Right. What's the step down from that? Um, step down is, um, for me, it's headaches and migraines. So mm-hmm. that is a step down also because we've got, again, an upregulation of inflammation. So inflammation is under that blanket when people talk about inflammation. And then I think one step down from that is going to be all your digestive issues, ready? Your, um, your gastro, um, intestinal reflux, um, esophageal reflux, you're thinking, um, bloating, you're thinking, um, constipation and diarrhea, um, anything related to the gut, burning sensations in the gut, um, IBS, IBD, like irritable bowel, anything (laughs) is going to go under that blanket. And then we also take a look at, because we've seen people lose 15 mm. or 20 pounds just by removing food sensitivities, which is an inflammation issue. So when you're feeling like you're stuck at that certain weight and you just can't get, like, everything worked to a certain degree and now you're just stuck there. Mm-hmm. Like, I know we'll use that a lot with mm-hmm. some of our chirothin people mm-hmm. and just hey, I, I just need to lose five or 10 pounds and I'm stuck here and like, what do I do? It's really an inflammation it really is. issue. And, you know, I can tell you that uh, there's probably a ton of people out there who it's a matter of, I didn't realize how bad I felt until I started to feel good, mm-hmm. right? Like I don't have IBS, mm-hmm. but if I took a food sensitivity test and I removed those foods, I'm going to feel, I'm going to have less brain fog. I'm going to have more energy. I'm going to have more regular bowel movements, right? I was just talking with a, um, a client. She's young, female. She's like, something is going on with my digestive system. Like I, like I'm having a bowel movement every five days and I, you know, she's not feeling bloated, but she just recognized that's not, optimal right no. <laughs> <laughs> not at all actually unless you it, again four days it, that's what signals um clinical constipation just in case anybody wanted to know what is normal yes <laughs> perfect so um <clears throat> i think there's also kind of that you know what does inflammation really look like in the digestive system because it's i i think but just based on our diet and lifestyles, there's so many people that are walking around with like low grade inflammatory, just bowel and digestive issues that 
it hasn't gotten to the point where they're like IBS mm-hmm. or autoimmune conditions, mm-hmm. but it's also, could it be better? Mm, it 100% could be better. In, in the case of constipation, and we've talked about this before, or maybe we haven't talked about it before, but if you have got food fermenting and putrefying in your gut and it is just sitting there, you are going to emit, um, you know, gaseous, um, fermented, you know, um, putrefied, and then it, it's a breeding ground for bad bacteria. Okay. And what's going to happen is as this sits in your system and we're actually, it's a, now it's a breeding ground for um, feeding all those things. What's starting to happen is it's starting to deteriorate your gut wall lining. And what's important to understand is that if your gut wall lining kind of looks like, I always, I always teach it like this. I don't know why I'm a very visual person, but if I lace my fingers together kind of like this, and I realize like I've got little um, finger like projections that line, those are called your enterocytes, and then they've got little hair-like projections on them, and they're responsible for emitting the enzymes and sweeping your food um, through the digestive system, through your large intestine itself. Well, what happens is once you um, have that food sitting in there, it starts to singe those hair-like projections that actually are responsible for emitting enzymes, and then it starts to flatten those enterocytes out, and so now you're, you're lacking enzymatic function, and you're lacking the barrier necessary to ward off all of these um, foreign invaders, fungus, you know, yeast, mold, um, pathogens, bacteria, viruses, parasites, you know, all uh, candida, all of these things. And then um, as a result of that, you, you start to get a really permeable thinned out intestinal wall lining. So when we're talking about food insensitivity, like like it goes so much deeper than you're actually thinking. I always say weight equals waste. It's like if your body doesn't know how to utilize something for cellular energy and it costs your body more to actually try to digest, to break it down, to use it as anything and eliminate it, you're costing yourself so much more um, in trying to consume a food that your body can't do anything with than eating something that your body actually can do something with and recognize for cellular energy. Interesting. So, so I think that's probably the, the bottom layer, right? Like people who are just like always tired, yes. you know, not having regular bowel movements, right? right? Like, I, I feel like we have talked about this, but and maybe it was even in the last one, but yeah. like, what is regular? Like, oh. Right. Yeah. What What's the standard here? Everybody's a little bit different. Um, obviously, we want um, you, you. The goal is a, a one healthy bowel movement a day, one or two, um, and equating in um, six inches each or twelve inches long. Actually, right. Um, the um, color is important. Like the girth is important in it. Um, so I have a whole poopy police lineup chart if anybody ever wants to see it. Um, my kids have loved me for this for years. <laughs> but I, I have this whole chart because what you're seeing in the toilet can tell you so much. And that's I think that's going to be another episode for us because sure. we have a complete lineup and, and you can actually figure out what's going on as as um, to what, yeah, things are looking that, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, 
Okay, regular, one to two times a day. That's great. Let's move on from there. Uh, we're talking food sensitivities. So um, let's say that we do the test. Uh, about two weeks later, we get the results back. We're meeting with you. And as I've joked with people, mm. make sure you have your last meal before you go in and talk with Angela. Load up on that pizza and ice cream and whatever else that you enjoy in life because it's going to be a couple months before you get it back again. That is so funny. Yeah. Um, and so, so what happened? Lay out for me. Okay. They, the company breaks it up into mild, moderate, and severe. That's right. And it's all based on how extreme of a reaction that their blood showed to certain types of foods. That's right. So, so, so try to break that down. Yeah. Um, how much activity um, is going on? So you will see first class all the way to three and four classes, right? Um, and what happens is, is depending on the number, like the detection of the um like you said, the reactivity in there, it's going to break it down into classes. I always tell people if somebody is coming in though and they are a highly reactive individual as far as you know the manifestations of you know what they're experiencing in their body, then I always treat a um, low sensitivity like a high sensitivity mm -hmm. um, anyway, just to make sure that they understand that you know um, you know sometimes what do we say levels and functions can be two different things, so making sure that we're paying attention to that too. So um, what we do is um, we take a look and we start to um, move away all of those things that are um, causing reactivity, you know, um, on the low end, you know, 12 weeks, depending on what's going on. And then on the high end, it could be years. So, yeah, um, that first session is, yeah. And so ideally... Everything that's showing up as a, as a sensitivity in an ideal world, we're cutting that out. Oh yes, one hundred percent. Okay, and how often? Like, what are the most common things that we have to watch out for because they have different names, mm -hmm. right? Like, like I know, for instance, when I've done this before, yeast showed up. That's right. But yeast has about twenty different names and ingredient lists. That's right. So walk us through like what are like clearly if it's apple right like that's easy applesauce anything that contains apple in it right? right right and there is a whole list that goes along that says um hidden sources or aka otherwise known as that um, shows does that show in the report it, it will show in your report okay, so, so you don't have to worry about that and then we have special uh -huh. considerations so if yeast does come up it's going to say okay where am I finding this? If you have both yeast markers, it's going to say sugar in all forms, um, you know, maple syrup, honey, sucralose. Like, it'll let you know um, that means maple syrup and brown sugar. It also means dried fruit. It also means aged cheeses and truffles and, you know, mushrooms and all sorts of things. So we'll be able to figure out where, where am I finding this in. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So the report helps tremendously with oh. understanding that because yes. I know, like, Previously, when I've done this, I had to like get a food ingredient book and be like, okay, there's here's the 50 different names for yeast that right. shows up, and like 
how in the world am I supposed to keep track of that? Right. Like, I'm a nerd, but that's overwhelming. It is overwhelming. And what's beautiful is like um, the wellness plan that comes along with it will also um, give you a shopping list. So um, we can actually focus in. Because it talks on, to you about, okay, here's your approved list though. Right. So, so here's, let's focus. here's how you rotate. Yes, let's focus here. Here's how you rotate. Um, and, and just being able to actually have something to springboard off of. Gotcha. And so then as we take a look at, because I know something else that we discuss with people in dealing with food sensitivities and even reintroducing foods back mm -hmm. in. So, so you talked a little bit about, okay, we have the list. Let's say I'm really good at eliminating everything for, you know, on the mild side, at least 12 weeks. Mm -hmm. um, how do we know... Like in my case, I'm not having a severe reaction to right. things, mm -hmm. but um, I know I can tell that just I feel better. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I just have noticed some difference, but like it wasn't like I went from IBS to not having IBS, right? Mm -hmm. How would, as you reintroduce foods, how do you approach reintroducing foods? Because I can't just go to my list and say, oh, let me have, mm -hmm. I can start eating all of this stuff again. No. What we do is we um, look for the lowest form of reactivity first, and we start there. We start trying to introduce lowest forms of reactivity, and how we do it is you actually introduce that food, um, and it is an isolated event, and you wait. So you take one of those foods. One of those foods, and we wait 72 hours and just listen to what our body has to say. This is one of my favorite parts because I love listening um, to what people are saying um, when they introduce something. And sometimes it's anywhere from, okay, wow, like um, I, I have no problem with that, which is great. And then to, wow, my nose started running. There's mucus in the back of my throat. I noticed joint pain, mm -hmm. definitely gurgling in my stomach, had a lot of gas that day, like just really being able to recognize, wow, like, you know what, I was feeling so good that when I, when I reintroduced this, it just wasn't worth it. Right. Got mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. So let's see, I had it. So, um, reintroducing foods. Um, what if somebody says, I'm just not going to take this out of my diet because that happens, right? It does happen. Right? Like if coffee showed up as a sensitivity, <laughs> I would say I'll take everything else out, but I'm not taking coffee out. And this is always my answer. I am, I am here to partner with you. You know your body better than anybody knows your body. And if you have come in and we are really going after migraines and you have eliminated everything else on that list except for coffee and you are still having migraines, I am just going to let you know it is time to let it go. Like, what do you want? Coffee more? Like, we just really have to actually make Ain't a decision, a pleasure, right? right? Exactly. You know, what is most important to you here? What do you want? What do you value? And then we go from there. 
That's a much deeper conversation. It's a much deeper conversation. It's a much deeper conversation. Right. And here's the thing is if the situation has led you to, you know, live a very limiting life and it's really cool to like lean into the body and listen here, you know, um, it, sometimes it's, it's, it's worth it. It's just worth it. I understand. I think people have a tough time. I, I'm empathetic to people who have a tough time saying, well, what about, you know, yes. like I can't cut out gluten or dairy. Like, you know, it's just right. too much of a staple. And that's probably a whole other podcast too, right? Because yes. you take a look at, um, okay, I need to cut all of these things out of my life, but guess what? My kids, mm. my family, mm -hmm. Going out with friends, mm -hmm. like how to manage that part of it mm -hmm. because my kids don't care <laughs> if I can have dairy or not. They don't care if I have digestive issues. They still want what they want, right? Like, right, right. They might think it's cool that I did a finger prick test and they're going to ask me about that, but. When I say, oh, we're, we're not having dairy or gluten anymore, they're going to say, I don't care if you can't do that. I can, right? Even if it's healthier for them. So that's a much larger conversation. Yes. And, yes. But it's, it's real life. It is real life. And it's things that you have conversations about every day. Yes. Because this is real life. It's real life. And to, to get a list and say, okay. Here's what's going to make me healthy. There's still a trade-off. There's still decisions and choices to make there in is. all of that. So, you know, I can sit here and say, yep, here's your list. Right. Remove everything. You're going to feel great. Right. But, but you don't. There there's is, a trade-off. There right? is. There's a trade-off. Anything um, worth having is worth working hard for. And um, also, this is a challenge to patterns. And so we really need to be thoughtful and mindful and supportive because it is you're you're about to challenge a pattern mm. and and when when you challenge patterns or not even challenge them maybe um integration and acceptance again that's going to be a whole nother conversation because this is so much deeper you know um getting that list is very much changing your routine yes it's grieving process grieving yes you're gonna go through this grieving process and mm. here's the thing i i remember the very first time i took my first food sensitivity test and went to the grocery store with my list and cried like legit just cried because i was just like I can't eat anything. Like I, I remember, I remember, even though there was so much food around me and for me, I was focused on what I couldn't have rather than opening up the world mm -hmm. to what was going to be there for me. And that's a whole nother conversation too, but we can totally get there. I remember I went, one of my favorite seminars that I've ever been to is this nutritional neurology seminar I went to when I was in Seattle. And this guy spent an entire weekend basically talking about how our food system is meant to kill us and like nothing is healthy, right? Like it, it's all garbage that leads to chronic disease and illness. And like at the time he's like the best way that I have been able to find is like 
paleo. And so it was the first time I had really heard about paleo. Mm -hmm. So like bought the book and I remember like literally I went to the grocery store that weekend and it was like, I have no idea what I can have. Like literally nothing, like overwhelming, like complete overwhelm. Yes. And so to that, so right, so I cut out grains, dairy, sugar, like all the big stuff, paleo. So I did paleo for probably two months, like hardcore. And then cheat day. (laughs) (laughs) Went, got a big pizza. I literally almost got sick. Mm-hmm. Like it was just like immune to the max. Mm-hmm. And so that's something else that we could talk about because, you know, right now my body is conditioned to have to be able to tolerate those things and me not feel me physically get sick, but there's still underlying inflammation that's causing issues. And that's why when I remove it and I reintroduce it, that's right. I feel bad. That's right. I had that for years and I could go eat pizza on Friday night and not feel horrible. Right. Right. But now I have pizza on Friday night and oh, I feel miserable. That's right. Right. So, you know, we've got, you know, yeah. a little bit of time. What's, yeah. what's, what's that about? We are so unaware of the pain that we accommodate. And when you give your body just some time to speak as a result of quieting down all the noise, it's one of the greatest gifts that you can give yourself. Awesome. Okay. We'll dig into that again next time. Uh, So we're going to continue our series next week on gut health. We'll talk about um, uh, ulcers Mm. and all the things related to that. Um, if you have any questions on food sensitivity testing, what that looks like, um, how that can support you, reach out to us at the office. You can also, I encourage you to join our um, closed, uh, Facebook group. We'll put a link to that in the notes for this. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, any questions, reach out to the office or reach out to us through Facebook uh, and Instagram. And otherwise, have a great week, everyone.